Before I begin my message, I thought it would be important to uh, provide an, an update uh, regarding our ministry together and inform you of a very important meeting coming up two weeks from today. On December 16th, we have our regular December congregational meeting, and I want to encourage you all to be there if you are able. There will be some very important updates provided at that December 16th meeting, one of which will be coming from the pastoral call committee. They received the uh, information that uh, many of you submitted on the survey regarding the, the next senior pastor, and they are collating that data, and will be providing a, a detailed report on the, at the December 16th meeting, and from there, introducing the next steps in the process. So please uh, plan to be present for that. Likewise, the school board will be providing an update regarding our preschool and the next steps uh, with our school ministry. So I just want to encourage you to be there as it's so very important for us to, uh, to all be together on these important type of decisions. Let's pray. Oh Lord Jesus, you came first as a baby born in Bethlehem in your first advent. Today, as we focus on your final advent, help us to prepare our hearts to be ready for the day you arrive. In your name we pray. Amen. Grace to you and peace from the Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ, the coming Savior. Amen. Indeed, today is the start of a brand new church year, the start of the Advent season. And we are kicking off a, a series for the Sundays in Advent that we're calling Advent Mysteries. Over these four Sundays, we're going to be looking at different things that were hidden, if you will, for centuries, but things that were hinted at in greater and greater detail as time went on in the Old Testament. We're going to be looking at different things that point forward to and then are fulfilled in the coming Messiah, the Savior of the world. Today's theme is the mysterious calendar. Kind of a strange title, I know. The mysterious calendar. What's that talking about? When we study the books of the Old Testament, especially the prophetic books, we see that the Old Testament often refers to a special day on history's big calendar. We sometimes refer to that day as the final day or the last day. Joel, in today's Old Testament reading, referred to it as the great and dreadful day of the Lord. God used prophets like Joel to speak about this final day, and, and I want to read two verses from that Old Testament reading from Joel chapter 2. God said, I will show wonders in the heavens and on the earth, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. It underscores the stark reality that, yes, indeed, there will be a day of reckoning, often referred to as judgment day, a day when all people will be held accountable, accountable for their life, accountable for their faith or lack thereof in Jesus Christ the Savior. We observe the world around us and we often see terrible injustices taking place 
And we wonder, how can those people get away with those things? Well, friends, ultimately no one gets away with anything. All will be held accountable on the final day, the day of judgment. Jesus himself spoke of that day as the day of his own final advent, his own final coming in power and glory. You know, of course, his first advent was very humble, wasn't it? We're about to celebrate that in about three weeks. As in his first coming, he arrived in the form of a little baby boy born in Bethlehem who came to be the Savior of the world. But today we are focusing on his second coming, his final advent at the end of time. A few days before Jesus was crucified, he gave a rather lengthy lecture on the topic of the end times, the last things. It's recorded both by Matthew and his gospel in chapters 24 and 25, as well as in the gospel of Luke in chapter 21. And our gospel reading for today was selected from Luke 21. I want to read three verses again from Luke 21. Jesus is saying these things. There will be signs in the sun, moon, and stars. On the earth, nations will be in anguish and perplexity at the roaring and tossing of the sea. People will faint from terror, apprehensive of what is coming on the world, for the heavenly bodies will be shaken. At that time, they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. When these things begin to take place, stand up and lift up your heads because your redemption is drawing near. What are we to make of all this? How are we to respond to Jesus' words about his final coming and the last day? What can we learn from this mysterious calendar pointing to the end of the world as we know it today? I really want to make this simple. Because often this topic gets so complicated with various thoughts and theories and predictions and ideas. But I really want to make it very simple. I believe the lesson for today is be prepared every day. Be prepared every day. We don't know when Jesus is going to come back. It might be 10 years from now, 100 years from now, 1,000 years from now, but you know what? It might be today. It might be before we lay our head on our pillow tonight, Jesus returns in power and glory. We don't know. In his last times lecture and recorded in Matthew 24, verse 42, this is what Jesus said, Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. You know, over the last 2,000 years, there have been many, many predictions made by well-meaning people about when they think the end is going to be. And those predictions have come and gone by the wayside. There have been various, what I would like to call, scare tactics that have been used by some to try to get people into the faith. There have been many fanciful theories that people have invented about the end times. But I think Jesus' words say it best. He simply said, keep watch. In other words, be prepared 
every day. Now, the question is how? What does it mean? How do we prepare for Jesus to come again on the last day? Again, I think the Bible's really simple about this. Trust in Jesus as your Savior, and you are prepared. Trust in Jesus as your Savior. It really is that simple. And don't let anything take away your trust in him. I'm guessing that probably some of you, if not most of you, have uh, taken airline flights. And maybe some of you have gone through that process of being a standby passenger. Anybody ever been on standby waiting for a flight? Yeah, there's a few hands up. When you're on standby, of course, you don't have a ticket yet. And you're hoping to get a seat on a certain flight, hoping someone won't show up or whatever, that there will be an opening for you to get onto that flight. With that standby process, there's always a bit of stress about that because there's an uncertainty. You don't know if you're going to really get on that flight. You don't know if you're going to have to end up waiting a couple more hours for another one, right? Whereas the ticketed passengers in a sense, have a lot less stress about that. They have a ticket. means they have a seat. They know they're getting on the plane. And and barring any problems with the flight, they know they're going to get to their destination. It's the uncertainty about being on standby that makes those people a little bit nervous. Uncertainty. It's a problem in life in general, isn't it? Let me ask you, are you at all uncertain about whether or not you're going to be on the plane to heaven? Are you uncertain at all about your final destination? There are many, many uncertainties in life, but friends, I want you to hear me very clearly this morning. These things are certain. Number one, Jesus died For you. He went to that cross to take all of your and my wrongs and failings and sins and self-centeredness. And he died in our place for them. The innocent for the guilty. That is a certainty. We no longer have to wonder whether, gee, are my sins going to come back to haunt me when I am appearing before the judge on the last day. Because Jesus died to wipe all of that away. If we trust in him as our savior, we have that certainty. Our sins have been cast as far as the east is from the west. A second certainty. Jesus defeated the power of death by rising from the dead himself. Death could not hold him. And because he has power over death, guess what? He's going to raise the dead. On the last day when he comes again. Have no uncertainty about that friends. As we heard in the epistle lesson for today. From 1 Thessalonians. When Jesus comes. He's going to raise all the dead. And those who believed in Christ. Will be taken into heaven with glorified bodies. There's no uncertainty about that whatsoever. For those who are in Christ Jesus. Through faith. And a third certainty. Is that Jesus ascended into heaven to prepare a place for those who trust in him as their savior. 
And as he was ascending up through the clouds into heaven, two angels appeared, and the disciples are standing there looking up, wondering about what's going on. And the angel said, men, why are, why are you staring into heaven? Don't you know that he who went up into heaven is going to return the same way? He's going to come again one day? And that is what we're focusing on today. So how do we prepare for his return on the last day, friends? Trust in what is certain. Trust in Jesus and what he has already done for you. Now, there may be some in the audience, the congregation today, who maybe are a little bit on the fence about Jesus. Maybe you're not too sure about this whole Jesus thing, this whole Christianity thing. Friend, may I suggest you not delay St. Paul wrote in his second letter to the Christians in the city of Corinth, Greece, these words, chapter 6. As God's co-workers, we urge you not to receive God's grace in vain. I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. We've all heard the phrase, the Latin phrase, carpe diem. Carpe diem, seize the day right? Seize the day. It's used in different contexts in business and and life in general. But let me ask you, is today the day that you need to seize? Is today the day for you to believe in Jesus? Are you trusting in Jesus for your eternal salvation? I want to close not with words of warning, not with words of law or threat. I want to close with words of comfort. First of all, know this, as simple as it is, Jesus loves you. And he proved it by giving his life for you on that cross. Nothing changes his love for you. Paul tells us nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Jesus loves you. And secondly, when it comes to the last day, there is nothing to fear for those who trust in Jesus. He paid for your sins and he credits his perfect record to you through your faith in him as your savior. You have the perfection of Jesus wrapped around you if you are trusting in him as your savior. And what that means, friends, what that means for the believer is that on the last day, when you appear before him on that judgment day, he will say to you, welcome. Welcome to the kingdom of eternal life. Amen. And may the peace of God, which passes human understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, your Savior and Lord, who is coming to take you home. Amen.